0: On the one yard line. With the backs against Saul. This ain't a game to me. If you think it's a game, get the f*** out of this. Boy. What's going on? And welcome back to another edition of the Believe in Iowa State podcast. You know, I'm sitting at work today going, you know, I haven't done a podcast in a while, but I don't really know what I should talk about. Hmm. We don't really have much sports going on right now. Kind of waiting for the bowl (laughs) game. What should I talk about? (laughs) It's not so exciting, Come on, man! We got all the dogs! All the dogs! Come on, man! Do it again! Again! Oops, I clicked it again. It's National Signing Day, everyone. I'm very excited, if you can't tell. You know, that's kind of the underlying whole message of this signing day in particular this year is, like, most other schools are looking at all these recruits. (laughs) My voice kind (laughs) of shot. They're looking at all these recruits, and they're going, Yeah, well, we kind of want the portal guys. We kind of want the portal guys because they're proven commodities in either Power 5 or Group of 5 football, blah, blah, blah. And you know what? I'm sitting back here, and I'm thinking that's going to bite them in the butt hard. Because I'm looking at our class this year, and I'm going, man, we got a lot of guys who fit our culture, have talent, are ready to go, and want to be Cyclones. A lot of those other transfer guys, they're hired guns. And I'm talking about like the high blue blood top talent. They're only looking for NIL. Those guys are hired guns. These guys coming in today who signed today, they want to be cyclones. And I know what you're thinking. Wow. Well, it, it, and I understand why you'd be thinking this. That oh, hell, we got five guys like this past weekend. We don't have really any four star guys that any of the recruiting sites say. I mean, how good could this class be? Well, you probably said the same thing last year. 2022, on paper, is great. And you know what? By all accounts, it was great. But 2023, a lot of people, it's really JJ and a bunch of dudes, isn't it? And that turned out to be false. Abu Sama... Ben Bramer, Jameson Patton, Jack Sadowski, Brendan Black. I could keep going down the list. Last year might have been the best class that has ever come to play at Iowa State. And we was, we were, done with, we're not even done with year one of their class yet. Now, we don't know with this class because they haven't even set, set foot on campus. But I'm looking at these guys and going, all these guys can play and they all could play very well. And you know, we'll go through every single guy scholarship to to preferred walk-on that signed today. We'll go through all of them. I'll tell you what I like. I'll tell you what maybe they should think about working on. I'll give you a player comp, somebody from the NFL or some former cyclone that they kind of remind me of. And yeah, we'll take a look. I think this class, just saying it up front, I think this class is an exceptional class that will really help build the culture and the team for years to come I think a lot of these guys are great guys great stewards of the game are really gonna wear the jersey very well be great representatives of Iowa State I think a lot of them are going to go on to have very successful careers and hopefully NFL NFL that includes the NFL as well well you know Today, for this podcast, I'm going to start out with very, very simple. We're going to start out with the offensive skilled players. We're going to do the quarterbacks, the running backs, the wide receivers, and the tight ends. We're going to go through both the scholarship guys and the preferred walk-ons. I'm going to tell you what I like about every single one of them. We'll go through that here in a second. All right, so let's get into it. The position I want to start with is the position that Usually is on most fans' mind. When they think about the recruiting class, the most important position that they think about is, well, how good is your quarterback? Or quarterbacks, if you get quarterbacks. Now, obviously, you might have a wide receiver that's like a four-star, high four-star guy, or running back, or blah, blah, blah. Everybody wants to know about the quarterback. Is he good? Is he Heisman-worthy? And, you know, I think a good spot place to start with this is... Looking back at when I first started following Iowa State recruiting. I kind of followed national recruiting when I was in high school. But right when, I was, when it was 2010, I was a senior in high school. I picked Iowa State. That's when I really started to follow Iowa State recruiting. Looking into it closely. And the, the thing that I always remember about Iowa State recruiting... Was, I'd look at our quarterbacks. I don't want to name names, but I'd look at our quarterbacks, especially during the Rhodes era, and I'd go, yeah, that guy's that guy's good. He's completing passes. He looks like a gamer. But, you know, he doesn't really look like Jameis Winston, who was, like, one of the top quarterbacks in 2012. Or Gunnar Keel, who was also one of the top quarterbacks in 2012. And... You look around at those guys, Dr- Jeff Driscoll I can't even remember, Kyler Murray maybe you look at those guys and you need to go, "Our guys look nothing like that. Nothing like that. And that's no disrespect to the guys that we brought here. Thank you for being cyclones. But when you looked at guys like Dom Delira, you're just like, "This guy looks nothing." Like the top quarterbacks. It doesn't look anything like the quarterbacks in the All-American games or other guys that are on the recruiting trail. You're just like, how can we be elevated to a level to win, shoot, even New Year's Six Bowl games if we can't get the guy who can play that position well, who can't lead our team there? How are we ever going to compete there? Well, enter Matt Campbell. I really like the guys that Matt Campbell has brought in, and I think you do too. I mean his third Matt Campbell's third recruiting class he brings in Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy. Now, then he brings in Hunter Deckards two years later. Hunter Deckers has all the talent he does. He has a ton of talent, really good quarterback. Year after that, we, we were going to bring in a quarterback I really liked, but then he decided to go to Texas. But then we got in Rocco, and then we got JJ. These are all really good talents. And now this year, you look at a guy like Connor Moberly, and you think, this guy could play at any school. This guy could play at anywhere. That's why I'm that's what I'm looking at. When I watch this guy's tape, and I watch two years back-to-back him win state championships for his team. I go, this guy, this guy's a gamer. He's six foot four. He's 130 100, 195 pounds. He goes to Southeast Polk, down in Pleasant Hill, that Pleasant Hill, Altoona area. And you know what his game reminds me of? Remember back to 2014 when you're watching all the teams play in the first uh, playoff, college football playoff? Who won the Heisman that year? Marcus Mariota. Connor Moberly's game really, really reminds me of Marcus Mariota. He has a similar touch on the ball and he has very, very good straight line speed. Connor Moberly will outrun people if you're not careful. He will. He, Connor Moberly is definitely more of a dual threat quarterback than we see with Rocco and probably a guy like JJ. He's not as agile as like somebody like Michael Vick or Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson, but I would not be surprised to see him break off 30 yard runs every once in a while if he could get into the open field. Connor Mo- Matt Campbell has said it before that Connor Mobley came his the year before his jun- the the summer before his junior year to a camp and just lit it up, really really looked good, very impressive, and that's kind of the time where he kind of won over the staff. He won over the staff. Now the thing about Connor, he's a huge Cyclone fan, huge Cyclone fan. So I can understand the hesitation for the staff to wait to really evaluate all the guys because it'd probably be be an instant commitment from Connor if they offered him. That's kind of an issue that I say an issue. It's not really that much of an issue, but it's kind of the issue that both in-state schools in this state have, Iowa State and Iowa, where if they offer a guy who's been a fan of the team, they might commit on the spot. And, you know, we evaluated all the quarterbacks, and Connor Moberly was the best one. And you know what? It's really not that hard to see. The guys who we were recruiting, the guys who we were going after, Connor Moberly was the best one, by far. We wanted to do our due diligence, but Connor Moberly is the best one. He is an absolute gamer. He's very, very agile, good presence in the pocket, but when I say gamer, he's, he's a lot, it's a lot like Brock Purdy, where he just takes control of the game. Where he, you, do, you can trust him to be in control of the situation. He can find the open guys. He can lead his team downfield. You don't really know how it is, but it's, you don't really know how he does it and how other quarterbacks can't. But that's what you call the it factor. They just figure out a way to get it done. The one, the, the the area of improvement that I would talk about with Connor Moberly would be, he kind of has a tendency to throw in double or triple coverage. But when I'm watching the games, I can't really tell if that's like just, if that's just how the his high school staff drew it up. It really happens a lot on deep shots. But one of his teammates, Carson Robbins, who we'll talk about in a couple minutes because he's he's going to be a walk-on for Iowa State at the wide receiver position. That dude's very, very good. I can understand why you would just chuck it up because he'd probably come down with it. It's one of the things I don't know about how Southeast Polk calls the game, if that's what it was supposed to be. but it, And they kind of look like scripted reads as well. But that's one of the things where, you know, a little area of improvement would be – but, I mean, for the most part. And I was worried. I'm always worried doing these podcasts. I'm always worried that I'm just going to be gushing over everybody, talking about how great all these players are. Oh my gosh, he's the best guy ever. I don't want to sound like that because then it sounds like everybody's on the team's going to win a Heisman, and I'm setting this up for. Why, uh, why haven't we won a national title with this team? I don't want to do... But, like, this guy is a special quarterback. Very special quarterback. And it, this is a guy where he probably could have gone to an Ohio State or a Michigan or a Penn State. But he wanted to be a Cyclone. He wanted to be a Cyclone. And we are going to look back and go, man... I'm glad he grew up here in central Iowa. Because he probably could have gone somewhere, somewhere else if he wanted to. I'm sure he got the offers. But man, he... <laughs> the thing I would say about those throws in the like double and triple coverage. They're on the money. He throws an incredibly accurate deep ball. With a tight spiral. I, He has incredible mechanics. He looks like a, just a total Terminator freak when he's running the ball. Very, very talented guy. He should be a four-star. He should. And if he was living in Florida, Texas, California, he'd be a mid-four-star, big-time player. And he is a big-time player, don't get me wrong. But the recruiting services... Are going to look at a guy who committed to Iowa State early. And that's all she wrote. But this guy, be very, very, very excited. Because the quarterback competition, once Rocco goes to the NFL after next year, the quarterback competition is going to be tight. And you know what? I don't know who will win. I'm really excited to see Connor Moberly's development. I think he could win a lot of games at Iowa State. He should definitely be a four-star. Definitely. The other guy I want to talk about is a preferred walk-on. His name is Major Cantrell. He's from down in Washington, Washington, Oklahoma. He's teammates with Cooper Alexander, one of our tight ends. They won the state championship twice, back-to-back. Major Cantrell is listed at 5'11", 175 pounds. I tell you what, remember this guy, because Rocco's Rocco's probably going to play next year. I mean, he he pretty much solidified the job. We'll see, but he pretty much solidified the job. And there's going to be a pretty heavy competition once Rocco decides to go pro. And, you know, the thing about Major Cantrell is when we play teams like Kansas coming up, And whoever Kansas State has, because now they're probably going to play with Avery Johnson. And Kansas has Jalen Daniels. And I'm sure that other teams that we play, Utah, and I don't know who else, Arizona State. I don't know who everybody's quarterback is. But I know that when we play those teams with running quarterbacks, really good dual threat quarterbacks, it's really going to depend. What did our practice team look like what did our team our defense look like in practice what did they have to practice against and major cantrell is going to be a big factor for this team big factor for this team the day he steps on campus because you know he's probably not going to play next year because Rocco's probably going to be the quarterback next year but major cantrell we are going to probably we are going to lean on this guy To give the look to the defense of a guy that can run and throw. Because Major Cantrell is a very, very good quarterback. He'll give a great look through the air and through running. He is an exceptional dual threat quarterback. This is one of those guys that I look at and I go, he could probably go somewhere for FCS. Definitely. And he could probably do pretty well. But he decided to come to Iowa State because of Matt Campbell because of Cooper Alexander, and because he knows that he'll have a shot here. And I think he will be a very, very, very good contributor next year and for years to come because of his ability. And our team's success, I tell you this right now, our team's success will depend on guys like Major Cantrell giving the best look possible. And Major Cantrell can offer that to our defense. We're going to need him quick. I really like this guy as a prospect. I really like how he's going to help the team out. I'm very excited for him to come. All right, let's talk about the running backs. And I think where I want to start with the running backs is to talk about something that I see every year, a pattern that I see every year. And I and it happens in this fan base, I can imagine it probably happens in every other fan base with the recruiting fanatics and where we we fall in love with a prospect and some p- prospects go undervalued and underappreciated by the fan base. And what I'm talking about is there seems to be one prospect every year that the fan base, I mean, maybe not overlooked is the right word, but you know, let, let me explain. So in 2016, when we were recruit for our running backs, we brought in two running backs and everybody loved, loved, love, love, love Kane, Everybody loved Kane, And they didn't really think about another guy that we also brought in, named David Montgomery. They thought, you know what, Kanae's going to be the star. He's fast, he's big, blah, blah, blah. Who cares about this David guy? Well, the David guy is still tearing it up in the NFL with the Detroit Lions. And then, a year later, or two years later, we fall in love with a guy named Real Mitchell. And we go, oh my gosh, look at his blistering speed. And he plays on one of the top teams of the con- in the country. Oh my gosh, that's our guy. And then Brock Purdy comes. And I, <laughs> I loved Brock Purdy. I thought both the quarterbacks were very good and excited to see the battle. I loved Brock Purdy. I've seen other fans who love, love, loved Brock Purdy and proven to be right. And we saw it with the next year with Brees and Jirel, both really, really, really top talented guys, but Jirel was ranked higher than Brees and everybody thought Jirel is going to be the future man. What's, what's this Brees guy going to do? Well, the Brees guy became an all American. He's on the he's second round pick by the Jets and possibly one of the greatest Cyclones in our history. And then it happened last year. Everybody goes crazy for a guy like Kenyon Sadiq. And it happens all the time with uh, with guys who don't commit here. I'm just bringing up, I'm bringing up guys because, you know, both guys came to the, the program and whatnot. Kenyon Sadiq did not come to the program. He's at Oregon, still at Oregon. And we fell in love with him. We fell in love with his physicality, his athleticism, his size, his ability to score, blah, 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 blah. We fell in love. Oh my gosh, he's now a four star. He's now rising up the ranks. He's a top 50 recruit. And we fell in love with him. And you know what? He picked his dream school and you can't fault him for that. But right after we missed on him, we thought, you know what? Who's this Ben Braver guy? Let's not care about him. He's, he's nobody. He's nobody. He's nobody. He's somebody. He's actually probably going to be a first-round pick. He's incredible. Ben Bramer is incredible. I saw it. A couple other people saw it. I, he's. He is a special player. And the fan base didn't really appreciate him at the time. Now, people get this stuff wrong all the time. That's called recruiting. Five stars become busts. But for this year... When we were recruiting running back this year, we were going after a guy named Xavier Robinson. I believe he signed with Oklahoma today. I really don't know, but I'm pretty sure he did because he's from that area. And when they give you an offer, you tend to kind of go there. Now, we'll see that's not always the case in a little bit, but you tend to always go there. And the Oklahoma, DeMarco Murray, all that recruiting proved to be what he favored. He came down to the end he wanted it was between Iowa State and Oklahoma and Notre Dame ended up choosing Oklahoma. but the whole fan base was looking and going like this guy is six foot two, 225 pounds 230 pounds. He is going to ram it down their throat Ram it down their throat that's how we want to play we want to play physical football ram ram ram, tight end football let's go grounded pound football And they thought that's how we had to win. It proves this year that when we try that, it doesn't always go well. We need to air it out a little bit. But we wanted Xavier Robinson. He was like the top guy. Everybody wanted him so bad. Where's he going? Where's he going? Where's he going? Like constantly every day, people asking, where's he going to go? And then when he picked Oklahoma, people are like, oh, man. But you know what? Midway through... Midway through the Xavier Robinson commitment, recruitment for Iowa State, another guy emerged on the scene named Dylan Lee. And I looked at Dylan Lee and I went, I think he's better than Xavier Robinson. Now, we were all like on the Xavier Robinson hype train at the time. So breaking off that hype train was really hard to do. But I was like, I like this Dylan Lee guy. This Dylan Lee guy, he might be the guy. I don't. I'm not so sure. I don't want him to be our recruit. And then Xavier Robinson committed to Oklahoma, and then Dylan Lee quickly, after his official visit, committed to Iowa State. I was elated. I think this. Th- th- I thought this guy was incredible, and I. I uh, everybody started asking questions like, "Okay, how good is he?" How good is he? Let's see. Well, you know we're we're really good at recruiting running backs and bringing in good running backs and whatnot. How good is Dylan Lee? People just didn't know. People people were so focused on Xavier Robinson that they just didn't know about Dylan Lee. And here you go. I'm here to tell you that Dylan Lee, a six foot one, two hundred pound running back from Williams Field, Arizona. It'd be tough for me to say he's the best prospect to ever come to Iowa State at the running back position because we've had Brees, we've had Troy Davis, we've had Jayrell, we've had David Montgomery, we've had a bunch of guys, but I think that Dylan Lee has several traits that we have never seen from a prospect before. A guy who I would compare him to, now this takes you back, a lot of you probably didn't watch this guy, but Gale Sayers, Gale Sayers, because Gale Sayers' ability to cut at full speed was like anything anybody has ever seen before. That's why he's in the Hall of Fame. Dylan Lee's cuts and ability to cut at full speed and make people miss is like nothing we have ever seen here before at Iowa State. David Montgomery was very good at pushing people and bullying people in a phone booth. Brees was very good at the subtle jukes and very good at reading where a guy was going to be. He was he read two levels of the defense at the same time, and he knew where to run. He hasn't. Brees' instincts are second to none. It's incredible. But Dylan Lee's ability to shake a guy out of their shoes and make a guy look silly, D1 guys, we've never seen that before. Never. You've only seen it with guys like Gale Sayers and Barry Sanders. I mean... He may not have the top speed of guys like Gale Sayers and Barry Sanders. But you don't necessarily need that top speed at the running backs position to be successful. Because what we ask of our running backs is to get about 20 yards. And when I look at Dylan Lee, he has probably the best elusiveness factor That Matt Campbell has ever recruited. I think a guy like Abu is faster. Obviously, a guy like Brees is bigger. A guy like David is probably a better guy at trucking people. But Dylan Lee is about as close to a true running back prospect, prototypical running back prospect that you can get. I don't know how he tests. But it's probably off the charts. He's looking at a, now his top end speed. It's kind of hard to tell because he's tall. He's a taller running back. But I know he's a four guy. Just with his burst, his shuttle is probably less than four seconds, which is an insane shuttle. He probably he's a forty inch vert guy. I mean, I would guess that he. Tests off the charts. He's probably on the level of Brees Hall. And Brees Hall was like the best of the best that you can test. He's definitely tests better than David. And when I say tests, like for recruitment, the coaches go and they test people like with their lateral quickness and their 40 time and their jump and all that kind of stuff and how they make cuts and blah, 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 blah. This guy probably tested off the charts, off the charts. Good. And he's a good kid. He played on a team that, you know, is not the premier team in Arizona. And he lit it up. I mean, he ran for 518 yards in a game. In a game. That's how you know you have a really good prospect here. Is There's nothing that the other team can do. Because you don't just run for 500, y- 500 yards in a game and let alone not be taken out, <laughs> like like if you're going to run for that much, eventually the, the, the coaches take you out of the game because you're beaten up on another team. If you're running for that many yards, like it's constantly like run for touchdown, run for touchdown, run for touchdown, run for touchdown. Dylan Lee is probably, like I'm, I'm still deciding on who I'm going to, Declare my top prospect. We'll probably do uh, superlatives at the superlatives at the end. But Dylan Lee is in the running for the top prospect of the class. I think just how Ricky Williams said on a podcast, Iowa State is running back you. Dylan Lee is solidifying that Iowa State is running back you. <laughs> Eventually, we'll win the Heisman's for it. We're going to go from David to Brees to Abu to Dylan. Man, we're going to have four running backs in the NFL. Let's talk about another guy, another guy that I really like. And you know what? He's a preferred walk-on. His name is Aiden Flora. He's from Adele ADM High School in Iowa. Played quarterback and ran a lot. I... He's going to come in and play running back for Iowa State. But you know what? I would I would request that the coaches take a good hard look at where he should play. Because based on Real Analytics, realanalytics.com, they track metrics such as speed, cuts, quickness, all that kind of stuff. And they, they rank all of the recruits in the country based on that. And they use video evidence in their software and blah, 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 to track these recruits and tell how good they are. Aiden Flora ranks as the 14th best wide receiver in the class. We're talking about guys who are going to Alabama, guys who are going to Ohio State, guys who are going to Georgia. Aiden Flora is number 14 in the class for wide receiver. What position is he going to play? I don't know. It's very versatile. I mean, anybody can change positions once they first come in. Scholarship, non-scholarship, everybody can change positions. Everybody's open to it. I mean, look at T- a guy like TJ Tampa who changed positions. I think Aiden Flora, he's going to play offensive weapon. He's either going to play running back or wide receiver. But running back, blistering speed. He's like five 5'11", five 180 pounds, blistering speed very good on his cuts. One of the best one of the best players in the state of Iowa this year and that's not even a hyperbole. I think he scored something like 40 touchdowns both passing, receiving and rushing. I mean, that is an incredible number. We are getting a very very dynamic athlete at the offensive position who is going to contribute to this team, make this team better. Give the defense and scout team a lot of really good looks, and you know what, Aiden Flora, I would not be surprised surprised if he finds his way onto the field, and I would not be surprised if it's pretty early in his career. Look for Aiden Flora to be a factor on this team. I'm very excited about these running backs. Dylan Lee may be the best, may be the best player in this class. I'm still deciding. And Aiden Flora is going to be a really good contributor. I'm glad these guys are here. All right. Let's talk about some wide receivers. So where I want to begin with this to talk about the wide receivers is I've kind of had a little gripe with this position. How we recruited, in our plan. Now, I'm a dummy. I'm a big dummy. I don't work for the program. My opinion doesn't mean squat doesn't mean squat at all but you're listening to this podcast so I might as well share it when I look at some of the wide receivers that we have recruited in the past not this year I'm not talking about this year in the past I've looked at guys and I went he could be successful here but I know why we are recruiting him the reason why we are recruiting him is because he's six foot six and you know what? I don't see this guy. I don't see a guy that can separate. I don't see a guy that can separate. And you know what? We've brought some guys in, and they were not able to separate. They were big, tall, but they were not able to separate. And everybody loves a six foot six wide receiver. Everybody thinks of Alan Lazard. Everybody thinks of Hakeem Butler. Alan Lazard was probably the best prospect that we've ever brought here at Iowa State. Hakeem Butler was a defensive end. (laughs) So, if we're comparing our guys to those guys, we're lying to ourselves. Now, the reason why I say that is because when you look at the NFL and you look at the profile of NFL talent, you you don't see a bunch of trees. You see a lot of guys like, Tyler Lockett, and you see guys like Debo Samuel, Tyreek Hill, now Tyreek Hill's blistering fast, but you see guys like that, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, you go down the list. Those guys aren't trees, those guys aren't six foot six, but a lot of these guys have something in common, something very much in common, Jamar Chase. Uh, Garrett Wilson, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, a lot of these guys have something in common. They all run sub-11 second 100-meter dashes, and most of them run sub-8, 10.8. Devontae Smith, sub-10.8. Jalen Waddell, I mean, I think he ran like a 10.4. Devonte Smith ran like a 10.6. All these guys cruise. All these guys got gas. Serious gas. And it's been the one of the gripes that I've had is the guys that we're bringing in. Yes, they are talented guys. Very talented. But do they have the gas? Can they separate? If it's a, just a dead sprint, can they separate? We've seen it in a guy like Jalen Nall. He has that gas. Xavier Hutchinson was fast. Guys like even Trevor Ryan. Trevor Ryan, that's all he had. <laughs> now, not no offense to Trevor Ryan, but that's why we brought him in. He was a track guy. Somebody like Benny Ngoi, track guy. Got a lot of track. We got, those, those guys did exceptionally well. I mean, Hakeem Butler was fast. I've long thought this, that we need to get guys that that got the speed, got quickness, got bursts, can just outrun the safeties, the DBs, linebackers, everybody, you name it, whoever's on them, they can outrun them. You look at a guy like Xavier Worthy, he's not tall, he's skin and bone, he's rail thin, but he's got gas. I mean, when you saw him return that punt this year against us, you're like, holy smokes, that guy's got wheels. This is why I love this this position so much for this class. It's a new era for Iowa State. The first guy that we have... <laughs> you know, when, when Pat Fitzgerald got fired, I quit... I, I, I'm a sicko. I turned... I looked at my computer. I looked at my phone, whichever one. I can't remember. And saw which... Which recruits should we poach from Northwestern? And I went straight to this guy. I saw this guy, Brett Eskilskin. I might be saying that wrong. And I was like, I want that guy. He runs a 10.700 meter dash. He can outrun guys. Good, solid three-star recruit. Let's take a look at his tape. His tape, he had all the wiggle. His shuttle time is sub four seconds. Very good separation. Very good hands. Speed to burn. Let's go get this guy. And you find out that we do offer him. And then you find out that his mother went to Iowa State. And he actually looked at, and he actually camped at the school. And I went, wow, that fell into our lap. A really, really good wide receiver fell into our lap. Brett Ed Skildson was the start of a new era at Iowa State. Because I think what we will see from him, from a guy like Coach Pauly, who is very good at developing these lengthy, Brett, Brett six foot two, these lengthy, speedy wide receivers. That's what he did at New uh, North Dakota State with Christian Watson. Coach Pauly is going to turn Brett into a star. I would not be surprised to see Brett or... Um, our other guys seeing the field pretty soon. Brett running a running that ten point seven. You'll when you see the speed when you see guys like Jalen Knoll and even Jaden Higgins is very fast. When you see those guys separate, that will make a huge, huge, huge difference in this new Big Twelve. Because we're not going up against the guys at Texas and Oklahoma. We're going to be going up against guys comparable athletes. We're not going against pro- basically professional football players. We're going up against similar athletes. Th- and to, to be honest, I think we have the better athletes now. Brett is a significantly better athlete than we've had a lot than a lot of guys at this position of late. I'm excited to see Brett... A guy that I would compare him to is Adam Thielen. That's really who I would compare him to. He's got incre- he's got incredible speed, but a very good route runner and very good wiggle. The other guy we have is a guy that <laughs> He's one of the guys that signed over the weekend. And we offered him quite a bit ago. And right when I saw his offer come through, I thought we offered like a 2025, 2026 guy because it was so late in the process. And I turned, I, I looked at his profile. I was like, wow, he's 2024. Okay. And then I looked at his tape and I saw a six foot four guy, wide receiver, just dominate the competition. He also runs, te- has 10.7 10, speed, 10.700 meter dash, which is very, very fast. Very fast. That's like NFL speed right there. And I was, and all I saw was just this guy, very fluid for his size. And I just, how does everybody miss him? How'd everybody miss a guy like that? And turns out he was a little bit of a late bloomer. And he really started to shine his senior year. And if, if this was 2014, 2015 around that era where the transfers and the NIL and all that wasn't getting in the way, USC would have found this guy and offered this guy. Dominic Overby is one of my favorite players in this class. he, He also is going to define the new era of Iowa State wide receivers. He's six foot four, so he's got really good length, but he's got great, great speed. Great speed. He has really good instincts and he's really good at catching the ball. We're gonna you're you're gonna look at his rating and you're probably gonna go, hmm. Well, we've had four stars before, but you know what? I, I think that Dominic Overby is one of the better wide receiver prospects that Iowa State has brought in here. I think both of these guys both of these scholarship guys are exceptional wide receivers and coming in with no poly, they're going to shine. Dominic Overby, he has a uh, he has two offers besides Iowa State. He has Southern Utah and he has Washington State. Now, he took a he took an official visit recently to Washington State. And then a week later, he came to Iowa State for an official visit. And you know what? It is a referendum. It is a sign of the times. Because this guy should have several more offers. But you know what? <laughs> he got the one that mattered. And he's coming to Iowa State. If I would put a player comp... For this guy, just for physical attributes, I would say Martavis Bryant. Martavis Bryant played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Tall, very good hands, speed to burn. Now, the trouble with Martavis Bryant is he couldn't stay out of his own way. He had off-the-field issues. But when he was on the field, he was just physically dominant compared to everybody else. Compared to everybody else. And that's what I see with Dominic Overby. Both these guys. Brett Eskildson and Dominic Overby. I feel were drastically overlooked. Brett Eskildson. he, He had a lot of very good offers. He had Northwestern. He had the Air Force and Army. He had those academies, Dartmouth. He had Harvard. He had Kansas State. A lot of really, really good schools. Really, A lot of schools that you really, really like to see. I love to see the military academies because they don't take crap. I think that these guys will pave the way for the, Iowa, for the new era of Iowa State wide receivers. Guys who can get separation with their brains and their legs. I'm very excited to see where these guys go. I think we got a really good players here. And another guy that I would add is Carson Robbins from Southeast Polk. He was Connor Moberly's main man. Very, very good receiver. Going to be really good for us in practice. Capable of getting open. State, two-time state champion. I love this guy. Great culture ad for us. I'm very excited to see where these wide receivers go. Okay, so let's get into your favorite position group, probably. If I know anything about Iowa State fans, it's that they love their tight ends. And you know what? I, I think it's time that we get into the tight ends and fullbacks. And fullbacks. I love the tight ends as well. Let's talk about them. I'm going to start out with the traditional tight end here. And you know, I said it earlier that every time I do one of these podcasts, I come on here and I talk about how great this class is. How, oh my gosh. And, you talk about how good this guy is, how good that guy is, how good that guy is, and then I get listeners, every time I do one of these, I get, even the recruiting commitment reactions, I get people messaging me going, hey dude, like, are they all all Americans? And you know, For about the time that I've done this podcast, from 2022, 2023, and now 2024, a lot of these guys have been really, really good. We have not seen the whole careers of all these guys. And yes, some of the guys have transferred. I still think they're going to be good. I still think that some of the guys who have decided to transfer are going to be good. I think Karan Adams, wherever he ends up, could be a fantastic player because of that speed. Oh, that speed. But this is, this is one of the position groups that when I'm going to talk about it on this podcast, I'm going to be like, I'm probably, I'm going to be gushing all over these prospects. And I don't want to turn you guys off because I know that when you listen to it, you go, well, not everybody can be an All-American. That's true. But you know what? I gushed all over Ben Bramer last year, and he's awesome. I gushed all over Andrew Keller and Gabe Burkle, and Gabe Burkle has been awesome, and Andrew Keller, unfortunately, has been hurt. So, those guys, you know, I saw them in the spring game. They were incredible. Ben Bramer wasn't even on campus yet. Like, when I gush over these guys, it might take a couple years. But, like, these last three recruiting classes, like this is building up for a team that's going to fight for a playoff, going to fight for conference championships in this new big 12. Like this is a, these guys are legitimate pro prospects, NFL prospects, like all the guys, like it's, I still, I, I think Cartavius is going to light it up at Charlotte. I hope he was. I'm rooting for the guy. I mean, if you look at the last three running backs that we've got to commit that have played at Iowa State, Carson is great. Abu might be special. I mean, Cartavious, if he stayed healthy, he was a very, very good running back. It just so happens. I mean, even Eli was a great running back. It just so happens that Abu might be the next top three round draft pick. Okay. I'm sorry, Cartavius. <laughs> like, sorry that we basically recruited an NFL player. <laughs> I really hope that those guys do well. I'm rooting for all of them. That said, let's get into the, these guys, these tight ends. And, you know, I remember back to 2012 and 2013 when I'm coming to games. And you know what? Some of these guys might actually listen to the podcast. <laughs> But I came to a game. It was either in 2020, 2012 or 2013 when, when I came to this game. And I – it was Paul Rhodes' teams, obviously. And our offense couldn't do diddly. Like, they were a totally anemic offense for whatever game this was. I wish I remembered the game. I might need to go back and look at it because I'm a sicko. And I remember in trying to light a spark – We threw a screen pass to Ernst Brunn. Nothing against Ernst Brunn. Ernst Brunn was a blocking tight end. He had no wiggle. He had no juice. He had no business catching the ball. And we threw a screen pass, a bubble screen, to Ernst Brunn. And I just remember, we're not winning this dang game. We're not going to win this game. If we're doing garbage like that, we have no shot. Our tight ends back then were glorified linemen. And you know what? <laughs> glorified is not really a great word for it. They were statues. They were st- they they were standstills. They couldn't do diddly. They could barely block and they definitely couldn't catch. I mean, we had e- EJ Bibbs who went on to the NFL pretty good player in the NFL but when we had him we were like man this guy's immaculate isn't this guy he went undrafted now he was a great cyclone he did a lot of great things here but when you compare him to the guys like Charlie Kohler and even Ben Bramer they're they're a class above EJ Bibbs EJ Bibbs great cyclone that's nothing against EJ Bibbs and to be honest EJ Bibbs was hampered by the talent around him by the guy throwing him the ball okay so that's nothing against EJ Bibb. We Bibbs we've just had a talent increase since Matt Campbell was here and then we started recruiting guys like Andrew Keller and like Tyler Moore and man I was getting excited And then we recruited a guy like Ben Bramer, who you saw play in, (laughs) like, basically the sticks of Nebraska. And you're like, okay, how good is this guy, really? Turns out he's incredible. And, you know, we offered a guy named Keaton Roscup, who we'll talk about in a second. He's our fullback. We'll talk about him in a second. And, you know, I was all for him. I was like, oh, my gosh, this guy's incredible. Oh my gosh, this guy's incredible. But then I heard we wanted to take two tight ends. Two tight end guys. And I was like, okay, interesting. I didn't think we were going to take two. But let's see who else we are talking about. And all the hype was on Keaton. Because he's the in-state guy. Very, very good player. Incredible player. One of the best we've ever recruited at tight end. So we're all gushing over him. Keaton... Gets a Texas A and M offer like the day after he commits to Iowa State, and we're like, okay, you know what? Probably not going to recruit that second tight end. And then Keaton has it all wrapped up. This guy's incredible. And then we hear about a guy named Cooper Alexander, and I go watch his tape, and I go, man, I really, I I really like Keaton. I really think he'll do great things here. I also want this Cooper Alexander guy. If we could get both of them. Oh boy. Oh boy. Take me back to the days. Of Charlie Kohler. And Chase Allen. That's what it would feel like. It'd feel like that. That meme of Shaq and Kobe. Whatever highlight video that is. It'd be like man. We'd be dunking on everybody. Watching Cooper Alexander. And then you find out, oh, he's from an NFL family. His dad played in the NFL. His dad went to Oklahoma and was an all-American at Oklahoma. And then he went to uh played in the NFL for several years. Man, this would what a great, great guy to pick up. You want that pedigree, you want that that family around where they've already been through this before. They know what to expect. They know what not to believe and what to believe. How to prepare all of that. And then you see that, okay, he's from Oklahoma and his dad played at Oklahoma. Oh boy. Well, hopefully Oklahoma doesn't offer. Hopefully Oklahoma doesn't find him. Texas A&M offers and you go, wow. Okay. Texas A&M is grasping for a tight end because they're coming after Keaton. They're coming after Cooper. They're looking for a tight end right now. Hopefully they don't come after these guys. I want these guys and Miami offers, and a couple other teams offer, and you're like, oh boy, he's picking up a lot. We might not be able to snag him. Then Oklahoma offers. And at that point, I was kind of like, you know, shoot. Keaton's a great player. I guess we can't have everything. And then Cooper announces that he's going to announce. And all signs look to be Oklahoma. And at the last second, he picks Iowa State. I tell you what, guys. I'm I'm, I'm going to spoil it here. I think both these guys, especially Keaton, I think both these guys could be top three guys when they leave Iowa State at their position. I think Keaton could be the best, but we'll get to him in a second. We want to talk about Cooper right now. Cooper Alexander. The way that he's different is we've gotten we've gotten used to our tight ends to be six foot six, big bodies that just go up and get a rebound. That's not what Cooper is. Cooper is a legitimate. Receiving threat, I would say that an area of improvement that he could have is blocking and finishing blocks, but it's difficult when you're in open space to finish a block because he won't he doesn't block on the line the way that guys like Dylan Saner would he's gonna be out in space that's how we're gonna utilize him. Because we are going to want to get Keaton and Cooper on the field at the same time. Cooper will be, Keaton will be blocking the guys on the line. Cooper will be going out in space. Cooper Alexander is the most fluid tight end that I've ever seen come to Iowa State. He's probably the, one of the best receiving threats. Him and Ben Bramer are probably the best receiving threats that have come to Iowa State. Cooper Alexander... Just moves seamlessly. He moves like a wide receiver does. He moves better than some of our wide receivers do. He's a big body. He can go up six foot four, two hundred 225 pounds. Now he'll get bigger. He's going to be a problem in the Big 12. He's an exceptional pass, pass catcher. He pro- he's probably going to be one of our better pass catchers on the team. Go up and get a jump ball. His NFL pedigree. So he has people in his corner that can tell him how to make the decisions. He doesn't have to do this on his own. He's going, when he, like this. Every year I come back and I look at Taylor Mauser and I go, wow. That guy did it again. 2024, he gets Cooper Alexander. He sees a guy like Keaton Roscup and sees that he's not getting Nebraska and not getting Iowa to offer, but he doesn't care. Taylor Mouser doesn't care that they're not taking as close of a look, as they should, at him. And he goes, you know what? He's good enough. Let's offer him. And then Texas A&M comes and offers Keaton. And they come and offer Cooper Alexander. These guys, at the time that we offered them, they were not getting the attention. And Taylor Mouser comes in, And he picks up a guy and fends off the legacy school in Oklahoma, blue blood SEC. And fends off a team like that. And says, no, you'd be a better fit here. And Cooper goes, yes, I would. And you know what? They will enjoy their time with Taylor Mauser, Cooper Alexander, he has the ability to be... To be a top three tight end that has ever come here. And that's, pretty, that's pr- pretty high praise. Knowing that we've had Charlie Kohler. Knowing that we have had guys in the 80s. That were really good. Uh, ben Bramer looks to be a top tight end. To ever come here. Cooper Alexander is in that discussion. He's an incredible receiving threat. He, he's incre—he's a very, very difficult mismatch. Because who do we put on him? Who do we put on him? Do we put on a linebacker? Well, he's too fast. Do we put on a cornerback? Well, they're too small. We'll have to rely on our safeties. And they're not very good in man coverage. How do we stop him? And he's still bigger than our safeties. What do we do? Ben Bramer and Cooper Alexander and even all the other tight ends, are going to wreak havoc on this new Big 12. And I am all here for it. I am all here for it. A guy who he reminds me of, who Cooper Alexander reminds me of, is Dawson Knox for the Buffalo Bills. A little bit smaller tight end than you think. He's not that 6'6", but man, he is a terror in coverage. An absolute terror. I don't want to go as far to say that he's Travis Kelsey because... (laughs) Then we get a lot of people saying, you think he's going to be a future Hall of Famer? I'm not sure. I hope he is. But a good comp for him would be Dawson Knox of the Buffalo Bills. So next time you watch the Buffalo Bills, look up, watch Dawson Knox. That's what I think we're going to get in Cooper Alexander. On the flip side, let's talk about my favorite position on the whole damn football team. And why this, this right here, Is a monumental, and I mean monumental commitment. Monumental get, monumental signing for Iowa State. And Keaton Roskip. Was I hyping up Cooper Alexander a minute ago? No, there's no substitute for either of these guys. These guys are incredible. But let's talk about Keaton. My favorite position on the entire football team. Because I am a sicko. Is our fullback position because in 2018 we put Sam Sean Buckner back there and it totally changed the offense. We had a good offensive in, in 20, 2011, 2017, sorry, but we had David fighting in a phone booth back there and we had Alan Lazard and Hakeem Butler catching jump balls from Kyle Kemp. It was a beautiful disaster. We won a ton of games. But it was not ideal. The way that we improved that team was we inserted Sam Sean Buckner, a converted linebacker, into the fullback spot. And we told him, go be crazy and kill somebody. <laughs> and Sam Sean Buckner did that. And that was the birth of how much I loved our tight end position. I love that position. I love Dylan Saner, even though Dylan Saner was a little bit different. He lined up in a different spot. He didn't line up in your traditional fullback spot. But Jared Russ, Jared Russ was a very good piece for us. Then you look at a guy like Steve O'Klotz. You look at a guy like Steve O'Klotz and how much he meant for this team. I mean, our team couldn't freaking run. For the first half of the season. Because Steve Oklotz was hurt. That position is so dang important. For how we want to play. And you know what? We've gotten smart. Matt Campbell and our team has gotten smart. I give them credit for that. These guys. This whole staff deserves a ton of credit. To be honest. But that. I give them a ton of credit. A ton of credit. Because they went out. And they went, not only are we going to have this position to help our running back, but we're going to go out and we're going to get an elite athlete to play this position. We get a guy like Keaton Roskip and you see him tonight tweeting and all the guys a great team player. Great team guy. And that's what you need in this position. Because this is a guy who's going to play for the front of the jersey and not the name on the back. Name on the front, not the name on the back. And you know what? Keaton Raskup is going to be in the NFL someday. Keaton Raskup is going to start sooner rather than later. He's going to start. It's not if, it's when. If there's a guy, and I'll give my superlative, if there's a guy who I could see starting Freshman redshirt freshman season, it's definitely Keaton Roscoe because once Steve O'Closs moves on to another part of their life, of his life, whether it be NFL or professional career or whatever, I don't know what he wants to be. We're gonna be looking at Keaton. We're gonna be like, are you ready? And you know what? I hope he is. He's six foot three, two hundred twenty pounds. He's coming off of a knee knee injury. Tore his ACL. But he's rehabbing. He's going to enroll early. He's going to get that better. And he's going to be a great, great player for us. Great attitude guy. Great work ethic. And that's what you need from this position. But when I tell you this, that he's one of our top five tight end talents to ever come to Iowa State. He's probably more talented than Charlie Kohler. It'd be him, Keaton Roskip, Andrew Keller, Ben Bramer. Cooper Alexander and probably throw somebody else in there. I'll have to think about it. Keaton Roscoe is a top tier talent. And we are putting him at a position that we usually neglect. And we got smart this year and we decided let's put a guy who's a borderline four-star because Keaton Roscoe is one of our higher rated recruits based on the rankings, those recruiting site rankings. He's almost a four-star and we're going to put him in a position that. Most teams just neglect, but I know our coaching staff loves. And he's going to get every opportunity to shine. A guy that he reminds me of in the NFL is Kyle Juszczyk, where if you talk to 49er fans, oh, they love Brock Purdy. Why not? He's the greatest quarterback to ever play. They love Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey should be getting MVP votes. He's really good. They love Debo Samuel. They love George Kittle. They love blah, 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 Trent Williams. But if you ask the guys in the locker room, who's the guy that you think this offense can't run without? Now, obviously, they probably think Brock Purdy, and they probably think Christian McCaffrey and whatnot, and George Kittle. But a guy that they would say... Because you can find replacements for that guy. Those guys. Kind of. The guy that they would say is Kyle Juszczyk. Because there's nobody like him in football. Because he's a hard-nosed guy. He's really good at playing fullback. Your traditional fullback. Basically additional blocker. Free free in-space blocker. But when he gets the ball in his hand. He's He's running, and he's hard-nosed, and he's tough to bring down, and he gets the yards. I know a lot of people have been watching the 49ers this year in support of Brock Purdy, and I know they're going to the playoffs, and hopefully they go to the Super Bowl. But you watch. I mean, you're going to see Christian McCaffrey and all these guys run all over the place. But when you when you see them go to Kyle Juszczyk, he's going to get the job done every time he gets the job done. That's going to be Keith Roscoe, And we are putting a top tier tight end talent because Keaton Roscup has significant speed. This is not a relegation. I don't want anybody to think this is a relegation. No, this is, they see a guy who has the attributes to really, really, really excel. And he has the demeanor. Keaton Roscup. is probably the most critical piece in this whole recruiting class. Yes, I know guys like Dylan Lee, Cooper Alexander, Connor Moberly, very good players, very good prospects, really, 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 really good prospects. But Keaton Roskip is the one guy that I see that I think could revolutionize this whole team and pave the way for other tight end recruits to find a good position at this school he has the right demeanor and his he's one of the most athletically gifted tight end recruits that we've ever recruited I'm very excited to see Keaton because I mean he has the Iowa State he has Texas AM. and he has other offers Kansas State you name it he could have went there to play the traditional tight end position he has the wheels He's a really good receiver. Go watch his tape. You'll be astonished by how good he is. Astonished. And he's going to play our fullback position. And you're just going to go, this guy's incredible. And we get that for this position. And he's going to be a great culture guy. He's probably the recruit that I'm most excited for to see. And see how he does and how he develops. Because we're ushering a new era of Cyclone football if he can hit the way that I hope he hits. The last guy that I want to talk about is preferred walk-on Charlie Welpley. I'm gonna call him Chuck Welpley, cause it's fun, because he's gonna play fullback as well, and that sounds like a fullback name. He's six foot two, two hundred and twenty pounds, out of Batavia, Illinois. And, man, when I watch this guy's highlights, he looks a lot like Mike Allstott. He's just running over people, beating them up in a phone booth, just going crazy on him. I'm excited for this guy to get on campus because he's going to be the mismatch guys, guy that you need as a good look on scout team. And that's what he'll be. Maybe his first year. I mean, most of these guys will be scout team their first year, even the even the scholarship guys. But this guy will be able to give a good look because he has a good size at the running back position. It's like putting Jeff Woody out there. When Jeff Woody was out there, he gave him tough looks in scout team. Tough looks in scout team. Chuck Welpley, better, better athlete than Jeff Woody is. We need the guys to help the team next year. Chuck is going to do that. Guys like Keaton and Cooper are going to do that. I'm very excited for these tight ends and fullbacks. I mean, this, this is probably the best tight end room that we've ever brought in in a recruiting class. Maybe not. Maybe it's tied with last year, but this, this is probably the best tight end room. I'm very excited for these guys. I think Keaton could revolutionize the entire position, the entire offense. And I think Cooper Alexander could be a top three traditional tight end that we've had here. Anyway, guys, that's part one. I think I'm going to do four parts of this, but that's part one of these guys. Hope you guys have enjoyed this podcast and... Look for another podcast either tomorrow night or I'm not sure, but it will be soon. It will be before Christmas. Anyway, guys, thanks for listening, and go Cyclones. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.